Welcome to Base Space. A crypto podcast. We'll we'll dive into your your NFT collection. I think I think this is a sick time to start the space and I get to know you guys a little bit more. Uh, for a little bit of background, we've been doing these space spaces. I don't know, guys, for how long? Uh, maybe six, eight months now of doing, of doing these? Um, yeah, that's the beginning of the year. Dan, yeah, I mean, time's just flown by. Uh, we, for a little background, we kind of got into like the Twitter spaces beta like super early. I was like one of the only people that had uh, spaces at the time. We just kind of, was hosting it to get get together, like meet other people that you know you're talking with on Twitter all the time, and uh, yeah, we just slowly turned into like an educational space where we brought in all types of different crypto and NFT projects, and and here we are. Nice man. So you uh you had all the the only one that people could listen to, and you you used that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we. I think we've had some cope. Like we had Jiho on like mad early. Yeah, <laughs> we totally, we totally should have bought Axie. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick that I didn't buy Axie whenever we had Jiho on. Um, <laughs> I think it was like seventeen dollars whenever he was on. Wow, damn. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Like we just DM'd him and we were like, "Hey, you want to come on?" He was like, "Sure." <laughs> Yeah, I think but, uh, I think every Solana holder like looks back at that tweet from Sam when he said, "Buy me all the fucking sell you have at three at uh, three dollars," and just thinks like, "Why why didn't I just go all in net worth right there?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild, man. Like the whole space is like the wild, like now totally the wild west. But um, I think we've we've learned that whenever we bring on projects onto the space, always try and. Cop, cop a little bit of the coins because they all just seem to <laughs> seem to pump. Not 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 financial advice, but <laughs> it just seems to happen. Yeah, so I that think... mean you'll uh, you'll be bidding this weekend for the Google. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I got I got like eight hundred soul. I'm gonna bid. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, you, you, the, your projects are, is actually absolutely insane. So I totally want to dive into that. Um, but George, uh, George and Salone, like we, whenever we bring on new people onto the space, we always like to ask, like, how'd you guys both get like started in crypto? Maybe starting with George. Yeah. So I had like, um, I'm pretty late to the space from kind of a, you know, relative point of view. I got in, um, basically the COVID kind of crashed last March. Um, I was working full time and got stood down. And at the time, I just kind of like standard kind of corporate stuff. Um, and then I kind of dived into the ASX, which is the kind of um, stock exchange in Australia, started kind of degening a little bit there. And then um, Australia had a thing where you could pull out uh, your superannuation, which is basically your like 401k. Um, I'm reasonably young, so it's, I didn't have that much, but I've been working since I was quite like, you know, early teens, so I had a fair bit in there um, and basically qualified to pull that out as a result of being stood down at work. So I just kind of pulled that out um, and started, that kind of gave me the leverage, well, not leverage is not the right word to use with these guys, but um, it gave me like the ability to kind of play around a little bit more 
um, with a bit more size without having to um, overexpose my like savings account basically. Um, so I started playing around in an up only market kind of, you know, can't go really wrong there. And then um, went through like a YouTube spiral and found crypto in maybe like August, September of 2020. Um, and at the time still had a fair bit of time in my hands because I was just kind of like transitioning back to work, working at home, that kind of thing. Um, and just kind of went really, really deep in the space and just started getting kind of obsessed with the potential there. And I, I just really, it really resonated with me and it kind of annoyed me that I was late to the party, but I felt that I, if I put enough kind of time in that I'd be able to catch up. Um, pretty much rode the high, got wrecked in May. And then from May, um, played my cards pretty well, just getting really into soul um, and through like ETH NFTs at the start of the year. Yeah, no, that's that's super super dope that you basically just left your job and uh, <laughs> and now you're now you're here, man. Now, now you're uh, you're reaping the rewards of the risk. Yeah, I worked like I worked up until um, I think maybe August or September, I think this year. So I did, I did work this year and um, kind of tried to balance that and it became more of an opportunity cost eventually. But um, yeah, I worked up until like the last kind of second I could and then it just got way too hard to balance everything. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I, uh, I feel that I still, I still work um, an everyday job, but blessed that my new job is fully remote so I can still kind of <laughs> tap into crypto while, while working the regular gig uh, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that that type of balance so I'd encourage anyone like try and get try and get a remote job because you can totally multitask um, and, and do, do multiple facets what about what about you Salone? Uh I got into crypto quite early like 2016 end of 2016 um i got a, a good friend in real life and he has always been very much into computers into coding and stuff like that and at the time he was at university in the uk and he was doing like a, his final dissertation on uh, blockchain and the rise of bitcoin so we were kind of looking at that not really knowing too much about it we were quite young at the time like I think maybe just turning 17, didn't really have a huge amount of money to put into it. Heard about the Silk Road, had some friends knocking around on there. And um, from that point, just kind of got very interested in Bitcoin. And I was running a design agency at the time. So we took a couple jobs and got paid in Bitcoin. Didn't really think much of it, left it in a wallet. And then um, we saw the Christmas run up to like $20,000. And what we took at the time in Bitcoin turned into quite a bit. And uh, from there, it kind of sparked the idea that this is going to be something that we definitely need to be part of. Um, and from that point, just kind of never looked back. Always been just buying as much as possible whenever money came in. Um, doing that while working as well. So it wasn't really a full-time gig. Didn't get giga rich off it or anything, but um, kind of built up a, a nice bag to kind of bring in a new idea and uh, a new kind of lifestyle of constantly trading on the side and reinvesting and uh, looking for new opportunities. So then when I saw Solana, probably, I think it is like February, March this year, um, just kind of got really into it, 
heard some great things about it. Watched uh, a guy called Wales Friend on Twitch. He did um, a podcast every, I think, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And just learned a ton from that guy and got super bullish on Solana because of it. Um, found out about Sam and uh, watched a ton of videos on him. Realized that this guy is ridiculously intelligent and I should probably listen to more of what he says. And then just found my way into NFTs through um, through that same podcast. Bought a bunch of soul punks just for uh, <laughs> like exposure to the first one I could find. And then from there found uh, SMB monkeys and uh, just made a ton of friends. And that's how I met George. And he, uh, he introduced me to the world of Boogle. Yeah, it's 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 like super fascinating to me, just like kind of the the different subcultures that have developed through NFTs. Like I, I personally never would have expected um, just like the amount of community around NFTs and everyone's just loving the artwork and vibing. I think I distinctly remember like the, the big shift from like, crypto twitter everyone just kind of fighting amongst amongst each other everyone kind of playing like a maxi role and thinking that their project was the best and then all of a sudden this nft boom came in and kind of brought like this new shining light um on the crypto space and just all the love and support um from from different nft projects is is incredible and it's so cool that you guys were able to to meet i think a lot of friendships had been formed uh because of this the 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 nft boom which is super rad yeah 100 percent. because like i came from a world of like all my friends irl they trade and they're always just kind of at charts all day um just sharing information on that kind of side of things and it never really got me super excited um i thought it was fun to do like putting some longs on in the bull market is pretty nice seeing the numbers go up but it never really got me hooked like they did um i just didn't really get the same kind of uh like the same kind of feeling like i didn't get that excited for it like so if i did nfts for me coming from like a design background and always being involved in kind of like smaller communities online it felt more like home and uh, the people here shared a lot of the same values as myself and finding that community that you can make money at the same time as doing all these great things was uh it was incredible so yeah just kind of went head first into it stopped working um at the end of last month and just realized that same as george the opportunity cost of working throughout the day was uh probably not worth it at that point yeah i'm curious like what what led you guys to like boogles and what like what what initially attracted both of you to the project so um pretty much i'll just give you like kind of the origin story as well just to give you a bit more background so there is like a, a third, third party here um which is our the artist um basically he like kind of started the project had the art together um before the first auction went live or before anything had really kind of happened um i at the time had like i don't know 1500 followers or something like i was mostly like just kind of transitioning over to eve maybe had a handful of SMBs or soul punks or whatever it might have been um, but there really wasn't that much going on in the ecosystem um, and for whatever reason I, I saw Google's um, the account and kind of reached out and I think the first message I sent was like hey these are fucking awesome like how do I get one or something like that um, and it kind of came through that the artist uh, had like the art and he kind of had a, an idea of what it looked like um, they didn't really know too much around the kind of like building brand and marketing side of things uh, and didn't speak like the greatest English. So just from a kind of comms point of view, 
um, was interested in bringing on someone else. And that kind of just really organically worked out. I mean, at the time I was working in corporate partnerships and kind of business development. So that side of things came pretty naturally to me um, from, and obviously speak English, check that box. Um, and then that, that kind of gap got filled really, really nicely. And we kind of both brought to the table what was needed to be um, there, I think. So it all just happened really quite naturally. And then as the project developed, um, Sealhon was there the first few options. Uh, you, you might not know this, but um, in the Solana ecosystem, the marketplaces are and, and certainly were at that point um, super early. So the first few options were just impossible. Like the basically there's like a five minute timer that resets if you get outbid and people just wouldn't be able to load the page in that five minutes. So you just had to kind of hope that it would go through. So I think if uh, if those early auctions worked properly, Ceylon would probably own half the supply, but he kept on getting uh, getting outbid and I think um, had to pick up his, he's got two that he picked up, like 80 and 100, I think, whereas a, a bit more expensive than the three or five that he was bidding at the start. Um, but yeah, just like a, kind of the dream story of a community member and a friend who was really, really committed and um, I think had the same kind of idea for the brand with Boogle um, and as it kind of came along you know Ceylon was an early mod in the discord um, and then it kind of progressed that hey look I think it's worth bringing him on in a more official capacity I think there's a value add there um, and I think we can really kind of build out something special together um, and so he's he's come on uh, maybe a month or, or two ago I don't know exactly time is such a blur but um, yeah that's kind of how it all worked it's just been one of those things that every piece seems to fall quite beautifully um, without really having to force anything. And um, now we've got all like our holders are, you know, some of the best people in the space and they're all like, there's really not that elitism vibe in a project that you think might have it. So I think that's been something that we're really grateful for as well. Um, just the representation from top down has been, been really nice. So that's kind of the summary, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful, man. It's, I love the, like, when projects just come together, like, fully organically, and it, you're not trying to, like, force the price or, or for, force the floor. Um, and it sounds like, you know, from, like, a monetary standpoint, that wasn't really, like, the, the initial attention of the project. I mean, I, I totally want one. <laughs> I, love the, I love the artwork and everything like that. And um, I think that that's, like, the, cool, the coolest thing about, uh, like, these profile picks type projects is, it's just like, hey, I I I fuck with the art. Like, I want I want I want to have that in my collection and um and hold it. So I love I love what you guys have put together. Um, I'm like curious. Like, I mean, the the floor obviously is is massive for these, and you guys are are sending these out in in limited supply. Like, um, what type of like what is your what do your members look like? Do you do you find that um you're attracting like a lot of developers now um do you have like what type of community is kind of happening like behind the scenes i guess of google so we have a uh, kind of like it's it's almost like an on-chain business club in in some regards so we do have a lot of kind of skills shared in that that space so we have a like dedicated channel in the the holders um kind of gated discord um which kind of goes over like a network and skills page just so everyone can kind of introduce themselves so um, we kind of probably have more of a background than just about any other project as to what our holders are, 
like their values um, we've also sent out like a, a kind of google form recently so we got some thoughts back on what they're like what they value out of the project and things like that so we have a really sound understanding of where our like followers kind of converge and what what values they place in the project which i think is something that we have i mean like data's you know one of the most important and valuable assets in the world and we have that more so than most other projects um so we have a, a really wide um base of skill sets but the general theme is that everyone is smarter than me i think is probably the the main theme um we've got a lot of kind of people from vc backgrounds we've got a lot of project founders um we've got a lot of full-time traders um, who are quite early into crypto or full-time traders kind of equities as well um we've got a lot of uh devs from a high level being like kind of computer computer science grads and things like that um it's a pretty wide range but it's a it's a lot of very intelligent people who um make me pretty grateful to have them as as people supporting the project so um pretty much uh, if you need a skill set or if you are looking at developing something there's a very high chance that someone in the chat can give you a, a well-educated opinion on it um we've also got like a lot of lawyers as well um yeah, it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal the the kind of concentrated talent in within the group um without really us you know that's just also come organically which is something that it's just we've got to be thankful for i'm curious like have there been any other kind of like um and also apologies i i, I was rugged for the last like five or so five to ten minutes um so this may have already been talked about but have there been any other kind of like spin-off projects that have kind of came out from within your community because it seems like you know like you said you have a very talented community and i, I just feel like when you when you aggregate, you know, like-minded people that have certain skill sets, it's just like there's bound to be creation that spawns from that. So I think there's been a lot of joint ventures explored within the group. So people who kind of have that common um, asset and trust within the group that, you know, I like I'd probably pretty comfortably send a lot of money to anyone of the Google holders without really thinking too much about it. Um, I'd obviously verify on Twitter that's them and Discord as well. Uh, but like, I, I'd be pretty comfortable doing so because there's there's that kind of attitude that um, no one's gonna rug you for 10k if you're holding a, a profile photo worth 100k. <laughs> so there's been a lot of uh, joint ventures where um, different people have teamed up to take out certain assets, which I think has been really cool. Um, but at this point in time, I don't believe there's been any particular projects. But there's been a lot of um, kind of uh, soundboarding when it comes to people actively founding projects or working on projects um, within the group and they are comfortable asking others who have done that or, or kind of gone through that same process um, with their learnings along the way. So there's certainly been a lot of kind of um, joint ventures and a lot of collaborative mindset on projects that are being actively worked on. And there are a few Googles. Uh, I think Pengu Love is one of them that there's a few from the, the Google holders that are all working kind of together on the one project. Um, so we definitely have that overlap, but at this point there's no spin-off projects, I think, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, there's some partnerships formed and, and projects created you know, in the near future by Google's teaming up and combining their kind of you know, well-equipped skill sets. Yeah, I think one reason for that as well is many of the Googles, if not all of them are, um, 
very actively working on things in the space. So there isn't as much of a need to start a venture for many of these guys where in, um, in other projects like the monkey DAO or in the, the thug DAO, you have people that have come into the space and been luckily early, um, and being able to transition from, okay, I'm working a nine to five. Maybe I can stop that now and then work in the space and build things here. Whereas many of our holders have already been in the space for a while and have started things already and are just continuing to run them now in a group of people um, where they can kind of test new ideas and, and bounce it off them without having to start something fresh as such. Yeah, I also noticed that you guys have uh, a few people creating like fan art around that. <laughs> Do you know like the origins of some of like those those paintings that I'm also seeing and uh, around the Boogles? So the derives are something that I think it started a lot in like the, the early days of the monkey DAO. You had people like Pinug and, uh, and other artists creating the derivative work. And it's, um, it's something that's carried over from there where um, now you've got some incredible artists doing one of one work. And obviously the Boogles just look incredible in some of these, uh, some of these derivatives. So it's, uh, it's now pretty much part of getting a Boogle that you would get an, uh, a derivative soon after. Like a uh, soft money down in the crowd, he's uh, he's got his one on with the box chains and yeah, there's uh, there's another guy called Lauer and he just creates the most incredible looking derivatives. Gabs has got his melty one on as well. Yeah, the melty down there. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, if you if you own a Google, do you own that individual IP? Yeah, so we we still haven't like put out an official kind of statement on that, but I, I think so. I think it's it's not really worth fighting if you if you own the um, Google, then you're, it's your kind of license. We we'd hope that you act within the best interests of the brand kind of thing, which we're confident every holder would do so. But um, yeah, we're not we're not particularly interested in going the Lava Labs route. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean that's like one of the really interesting avenues that um, are one of the avenues I find really interesting is like, you know, being a part of a, a popular NFT collection and actually owning the individual IP of whatever um, NFTs that you have. And you can kind of have that creative ownership to where, say you want to create, you know, like a little web show or a TV show around your NFT character. It's like, you can really kind of build out what that IP value looks like and brand looks like as like an individual creator within a larger collection. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's part of the, the value that comes with something with such a scarce supply as well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's brands built around people's Googles, you know, I think um, Bustos is an example of someone who um, I think is exploring that as well of, of just kind of building a, a brand around it. Um, obviously, from our point of view, it, it strengthens hands if there's a whole brand built around it. But um, yeah, we would just hope that like there's no kind of bad actors that come in the future. But at the moment, we, we'd be very comfortable with um, our holders representing the brand and the best interests of it. Um, and certainly, you know, if they want to monetize that in a brand fashion, then um, I don't think that's an issue. Yeah. And we're also very happy to work with everyone to enable that as well, because it's something that obviously we see great value in if there are uh, further progressions into developing uh, stories around the IP and around the Boogles. So having a close relationship with other, uh, everyone that's holding a Boogle is great for that because we can just kind of very openly speak about these kind of things and no one feels like they're disconnected from anyone in the, in the chat like everyone's very much welcome to talk about anything and these kind of things are 
pretty much the future of where NFTs are going to go and how people can explore them. Yeah, they're honestly like perfect for like animations and uh, I can almost see like a little like skit or like television show, you know, uh, be, being created around them. Like it, they, they just fit right in. Yeah, yeah, I was actually I, on the phone to Toshi a couple of days ago and he was uh, he was pitching me that idea. <laughs> they would be pretty cool to have a, like a mini series around the Boogles. We we're talking about how the you could talk about each one's origin story and how they got their attribute or something like that. Yeah, yeah like I, I I think we will like see within the next few years kind of like a, a Marvel or DC like um type of uni- universe start to be built out from NFC collections. So It'd be awesome if you guys were kind of like one of the first movers in that area. I don't know of anyone kind of doing that yet. Yeah, for sure. I think I think like I mean, with the the scarcity that comes with a hundred boogles, like I think we see um, some really really interesting innovation. Like there's been you know, even if there's sub collections of one boogle that comes out um, that kind of contributes to a higher thing and then they can can extract the value and they have like a little fan base just off that one boogle kind of thing like everyone gets to know each each boogle by name and number and and it really becomes um like a mini kind of subculture and a a mini universe in itself as well so um yeah it's really exciting to see the kind of emergence of talent within the group but then also the kind of potential that it can turn into as well yeah yeah a hundred percent are you guys um, planning on doing any type of like spinoffs or um, I don't know, like <laughs> I can almost see like, like Google pets or, you know, something, something else along, along those lines. to like kind of like coincide uh, the Boogles themselves. <laughs> so um, at the moment, the focus is, is certainly on finishing the gen one series um, and building out kind of a pretty, pretty unique and interesting um, future. So we're going to have a chat more so around that with the holders directly and kind of consolidate what the collective are looking to do. I think we've got um, something that would align with what everyone is kind of wanting um, and what the kind of um, current brand represents and what it, what it can take, what can take it the furthest as far as um, from kind of like a future proofing standpoint. So at the moment, the focus is certainly on scarcity um, and what the future looks like post-Gen 1. Um, at this stage, it, uh, um, yeah, probably better to just not comment on <laughs> on anything else. But I think, uh, yeah, like there's there's some really cool stuff in the pipeline um, and scarcity will always be kind of the, the focus. Are you guys uh, working or plan to be working with any sort of like 3D modelers to where as we see VR and AR kind of like go really kind of on the rise um, and see an adoption spike in that to where um, you'll have kind of like an actual 3D model Google within the metaverse. Is that, is that kind of something you guys are thinking about for uh, further like future proofing? Yeah, I think it makes sense to to delve into that, either the 3D version or voxel versions. Um, I think inevitably every project needs to be focusing on that as we uh, as we progress into that range a lot further also to jump off chase's question real fast so i know um that like there's nft 2040 right where you can have different uh nft collections almost in like a battle royale do you are you guys planning on either a buying any land in like sandbox or any other metaverse plot um 
or making a game down the road? Um, I think at this point, it's not kind of an immediate focus. I think we, we've been approached by a lot of different people who are um, building these things as to how they can get kind of our IP involved in those projects as a playable character or as, um, you know, somewhere in the storyline or wherever it might be. So there is definitely that interest from um, those brands kind of reaching out to us. And I think we, we do want to get involved um, in the right projects, but it's about us kind of making sure that the like the Google IP is in the right places, I guess. So I think in, in the future, we definitely want Googles to align with all the the kind of winners of that space. And that's a space that I'm pretty passionate about. But um, at the moment, I think we're taking more of a wait and see to see what um, what those winners look like. I think what Super is trying to get at is he wants to know when there's going to be a Google Fortnite skin. <laughs> yeah, when Fortnite comes with a bag, we'll be waiting. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you know anyone. <laughs> I will say, I mean, that really is something that could be done, right? Like, you have an NFC collection that kind of makes a deal with a larger game creator, and you can kind of have spinoffs within that, and you could do revenue sharing between, you know, say, Epic Games and, and you guys. I, I think I think that is something we probably could see within the next few years, and that would be uh, that'd be really awesome. Without a doubt, I think the recent partnerships that Nike and Adidas have made are just the first of many to come. Brands are going to start to look at this and realize how valuable the space is. And ultimately, there is a, a fairly affluent class of people that are spending a lot of time online. A lot come from a gaming background or have an interest in it, at least. So it is a, a perfect partnership, really. So I 100% agree. I think we are going to see a lot of game devs start to tap up certain NFT projects and uh, work out how there's a partnership there. Yeah. yeah. Not to kind of throw a hand grenade at you guys. Uh, so feel free to like not have to answer this one, but um, like, what do you guys kind of think about that with, you know, I, I saw there was kind of some backlash around um, that particular project selling to Nike. Um, do you guys ultimately feel like that that's actually brings more synergy to the space and we should kind of be looking at that as a positive thing, not necessarily as a, um, like I think one of the specific comments I saw was like them kind of being sellouts where some people's take on it. Um, do you guys kind of have a, a viewpoint on that? Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's a net positive for the ecosystem. Um, obviously someone like Nike bringing in and normalizing, um, NFTs. It, it sounds so foreign to people kind of in um, the ecosystem already, but NFTs are hated <laughs> in every other aspect. So we need people um, to kind of lead that charge and get brands um, on Nike's tier to kind of onboard other brands, I guess, in that kind of way. And it's very much um, kind of like a first domino to fall when it comes to onboarding and really reaching mass adoption. I think there'll be a lot of cringe things we see and a lot of people selling out and a lot of things that um, aren't great along the way, probably akin to normalizing cryptocurrency where we see, you know, Elon Musk tweets moving the whole market. I think NFTs probably go through something like that in a more unpleasant way. But um, at the end of the day, if, if mass adoption is the goal, we've got to deal with um, brands kind of assisting along that journey. I think um, from a you know, founder point of view, it's tough to kind of sell out. But um, if you're able to bring 
you know, someone of the caliber of Nike into the NFT ecosystem and really back the project, then that's a pretty, that's a net positive for the the ecosystem, I would say. Um, but there is obviously a lot of centralization that comes with that kind of thing. But I think um, I would say net positive is the go. I mean, I got tagged in something the other day on Facebook from my sister um, about like a board ape selling for you know, $300,000 or whatever it was. And the comments on that just, you know, numbs your brain cells. Like it's something that <laughs> really, really makes you, you reconsider how, um, how it's approached by the mass masses. And there's a lot of big steps that need to happen between now having, you know, a million wallets interact with NFTs or whatever, and yeah, a whole world of people enjoying that and actually understanding the value that it can bring to artists. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Like one thing that I see about Nike is they have a good record of making good partnerships and collaborations and enabling creators and people that understand their niche. A perfect example of that is Virgil Abloh. What he was allowed to do with his Nike partnerships made such a huge impact on the streetwear culture. And I respect Nike are going to have the same kind of take on this. A lot of people in Nike won't understand it or won't understand anything about this community or ecosystem, but they'll put the right people in place and they'll listen to them when they're advised certain things. So although it may, like many people may say it's selling out, I think there comes a point in every creative um, kind of ecosystem where someone's accused of selling out because they've done something huge that no one else thought was possible. Everyone likes to have their their small community, their small nightclub, the DJ who's really underground and plays all the, the music that they love. As soon as they go to a big club or something like that, they're called a sellout. So it happens all the time. I think ultimately it's, a, it's an easy thing to say, but these kind of partnerships are the ones that are going to change the future of our ecosystem. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement with you, um, both you guys on, on kind of that. And I, you really kind of see the same thing in DeFi, right? I mean, we're all kind of buying these different protocols and a lot of people are doing it out of spite, you know, to break away from the system. And um, it's, but it's really kind of ironic because, you know, the uh, we are going to make it phrase really doesn't start to ring true until those like very institutions that you kind of um, don't like and talk bad about start buying in. So yeah, someone um someone said something funny to me the other day. I can't remember who it was. I feel like it may have been soft money or someone, but everyone's trying to break away from the banking system and from all the legacy infrastructure. But now it got to a point where everyone's calling for their money to be reinvested into the space. So as much as we don't need them and we say we don't want it, ultimately we want their money to come back in. So <laughs> it is it's a funny uh funny three sixty turn of events where yes we have decentralization, we have defi um decentralized finance, but uh we could quite do with that money pouring in, that'd be pretty nice for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's funny how, you know, once they're your bags, all of a sudden the game kinda changes a little bit, you know. Um but yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm right there with you guys on that. It's it's exciting development to see. Um, such like a name brand kind of come in and enter, enter the space and uh, it really is just the beginning and that was like one of the examples that I used to kind of use back in the day whenever we'd first kind of use these spaces was that like the way I view NFTs in the future will be kind of like you know maybe when you go into the Nike store in the future and you buy a pair of like Air Maxes 
maybe there's like a QR code you can scan and you can add the like digital version of that to your avatar in the metaverse. Like, I, I think that's something that's like very real and, and potentially like very well on the way. Um, and maybe even a lot closer than what, what most of us even think. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm um, I'm speaking to a company at the moment who are doing that with a, a fashion product where you would buy the NFT version and you would also get a physical version. And you've almost got two companies there. You've got one that sells a, a kind of a fashionable item that people will use, but you also have a, a metaverse ready version of that to use with an avatar. So I think it's it's definitely somewhere where we're going to see more growth and that sector is going to be huge. And it also also um, onboard a lot of people because all of a sudden, if they're buying a, an asset or an item that has that ability, then most of the time people are quite inquisitive and will investigate that kind of thing. A lot of people aren't, but I think as, it, uh, as it's validated by more people like Nike, more celebrities are using profile pictures and stuff like that. Like these celebrities don't like one thing that I find funny is when people call celebrities using profile pictures for NFTs as like a, a top signal. Well, these guys have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people following them that all of a sudden are exposed to, oh, wow, my favorite basketball player now has an NFT as a profile picture. Like they're the kind of validations that a lot of people need to then look into it in their own lives. And if there are fashion items that you're buying, like a pair of Nikes, uh, Nikes that now have an NFT chip version, like you're going to use it because you see that your basketball player is using it anyway. Yeah, and I, it is funny. I, I do see that. And I, I just kind of like laugh and I'm like, well, I, you know, I think, I mean, NFTs are still really early, right? I, I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out what exactly NFTs are. I think a lot of people are still kind of stuck in the their pictures and they don't really kind of see the larger value prop or the larger backdrop behind that. Um, but I do think, you know, those quote top signals are really going to be uh, starting to get a lot more difficult to identify because it's not like we're early, but we're not early in terms of like knowing the terminology or knowing what these things are. Um, so I'm actually curious, like, what do you guys think would kind of like indicate more of like a frothier top of like NFTs? Or is there any kind of indicators that you could even think about? Because like it is such a wide and, and deep new market. <laughs> I mean, Snoop Dogg's elephant thing is it's close to the top as uh, signal as I could find. Um, I think uh, it's going to be hard because it's going to be, you know, brands like Nike and things aligning with, um, you know, apes and, and um and punks comics and things like that. Like we're, we're going to have these mass massive companies that come in for money for cash grabs. We saw what a horrendous job Neopets did and Solana. For those who didn't know, they don't really need to, but they basically came in, hired a third party company to launch some sort of, you know, 10 K mint had a bonding curve and then didn't promote it at all on their main page. Um, basically took five self from my pocket. Fuck those guys. Um, but they, like we're going to see more and more of, you know, big companies seeing the value and then we're going to see things like, you know, your B-tier celebrities come in and um, really just attach their IP to something, sell it and not really care where it goes and then they'll move on. Um, I think it's going to be really hard to pick the top and I think it's probably going to be one of those things where we have frenzy mint season where everything goes up and then smart money rotates into the blue chip projects, they stay and they just basically accrue value over time. Like we've seen with 
um, you know, Punks is probably a good example. Um, the the liquidity ends up there eventually, um, and in the meantime, retail kind of get wrecked trying to chase pumps each everywhere. So it's going to be really hard to pick a top, um, and it's going to be hard to see a lengthy bear market, in my opinion. I think like when coins drop, there's kind of an NFT season that's always available, um, and it's always going to be opportunity where you look because at the end of the day, you know, there might be there's a hundred thousand people trying to make money. 5,000 of them are probably going to make money, even if it's in terrible market conditions with NFTs. Like, it's just a zero-sum game. So it's very hard to pick a top, but I would hope that we have not as as brutal bears as the as the coin side. Yeah. And I, I think kind of the second part of that question I would ask is, like, how do you guys see future market cycles playing out? Um, you know, there's been some some discussions around, you know, once we're seeing blockchain really start to kind of, like, disrupt more than just that traditional um, crypto, right? Or let's rewind a little bit, right? Before 2017, really, um, you kind of just had, quote, like the crypto, right? And so people were like, oh, okay, you know, it's like this, like, new money. Um, but now we're kind of, like, shifting towards, like, there's actual new use cases, right? With the rise of DeFi, we'll soon see, like, decentralized insurance. We'll, we'll start seeing real estate on the blockchain. And so... How do you guys think the market cycle of NFTs will kind of compare with the market cycle of the traditional cryptos like Bitcoin? And kind of like, do you think there'll, there'll be a very strong correlation throughout the history of NFTs? Or do you think like, soon we could kind of see NFTs into their own game as these like traditional like Web2 players kind of like provide that easier on ramp with cash, if that makes sense? Yeah. So I think I think we see um, the, a kind of similar narrative shift over time. Like people love to change the narrative based on whatever is the most relevant. Like I, obviously, Bitcoin started as peer-to-peer cash transactions, and now it's a, a you know immutable store of value. <laughs> and then you know well, who knows what it'll be next year? It might be a um, you know whatever the the narrative that sees the most upside gets attached to it. I think at the end of the day, NFTs are about um, like the, the communities that can kind of built, be built through NFTs, I think is something that's really special and will stand the test of time. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get, um, especially with, I think it's Fraction or Fractional or whatever, Fractal or whatever the, the Twitch co-founder just started um, the other day, just announced that um they're founding something on Solana about in-game assets. I think in-game assets through NFTs is probably going to be the next wave. It'd be my opinion. Um, ne- calling it the next wave now probably is not the right terminology given all the Axie stuff that we've seen. But I think, yeah, games like Fortnite, um, CSGO, new Call of Duties, all of those kind of things, maybe the new Halos, th- those kind of things, storing in-game assets, um, even if it's on a centralized chain, but through NFTs, I think will probably be the next step. Um, and then it'll be about figuring out what that looks like in a decentralized way. And then all the all the meanwhile, the projects that are really backed by the right people will start to build out um, some of the more successful DAOs and some of the more successful kind of group of uh, like mind. I can't really get the words, but the next phase will be led by the current builders of this phase. Um, in the right way, I think, because they'll have the liquidity, they'll have the skill sets, they'll have the connections, um, and whatever that next focus is, I think it'll be still led by the the same people doing successful projects now. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch. 
Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. I think we are going to see a, a big transition into gaming on Solana being a very, very real thing and something that a lot of people are going to explore. I'm just kind of waiting for a, a big gaming studio to come and adopt it and, and use it just because the, the transaction speeds and the, the cost make a lot of sense for that kind of utility. So I, th- I think we possibly won't see as quite a harsh bear market in NFTs just because there is such an easy onboard for a lot of people that haven't come from uh, like a crypto native background. Um, it's an easier place to be. It's an easier thing to understand. For the most part, you don't have to learn TA or get involved in any kind of DeFi that goes over a lot of people's heads. So um, I think that kind of um, that kind of customer is more present in them times. Even when it's down, there's uh, there's incredible communities that have been built here through pretty much just sharing knowledge and, and insights and just being active. A lot of it's about collecting art, collecting uh, profile pictures and things like that and joining this club that you've, you're very attached to. Some of the relationships here are incredibly strong. I've got a lot of people I class as very good friends here. Um, people like Alpha, who's in the crowd, he came over to London from Toronto like two, three weeks ago. And we're hanging out like we've been buddies for fucking years. <laughs> so you're getting these these kind of small clubs and communities build up that I don't think these go away in a bear market. I think we still see these communities very present and with the goal of how do we do this? How do we make money? How do we build things? It's just going to be exactly the same, but probably more resourceful of anything. Yeah, I... Uh... I, I love that. And I, I think that trend has like really kind of like, you know, ma- making friends over there. And I, like, you know, my buddies that granted, you know, we're a little bit more closer locally, but my whole like friend group, we, we formed our friendship over Xbox live back in the day. And so this is really just kind of a larger expansion of that on like a more global level. Um, so that's awesome. That's awesome that you guys kind of like actually met in person. It was just like, you know, like you guys have been like best of buds this, this whole time. Um, I I have another question for you guys. Uh, I I think one of the the next really big narratives for NFTs could be dynamic NFTs. And I'm curious, like, have you guys kind of looked at the promise that dynamic NFTs could kind of bring to this industry on the NFT side? Um, and like, if so, just what are your guys like general thoughts around kind of creative use cases or just generally? dynamic meaning changing like you kind of change the metadata based on something yeah like to where you can kind of bring in um you could you could take off-chain data and uh, bring that data on chain to where your nft could interact with that data and you could have new behaviors or new parameters or new kind of um attributes that uh that reflect that data that was brought into the into the uh, ecosystem yeah so there's some really interesting ones um it's hard to kind of see exactly what the best use case is for that because i mean my like predominant of my funds get spent on um one-on-one art and profile photos so i probably wouldn't want my art to change in that way but we've got um, a few different ones that come to mind so one of them is called soul parasites which is um, a project that had a pretty cheap mint but essentially they're just um they form and change their metadata based on what else is in your wallet. So you can get some really interesting kind of outcomes aesthetically based on what else is in your wallet and what they kind of form around. 
So I thought that was that's a pretty interesting use case. Um, and I don't know where, like there is obviously quite a high ceiling there to change that in a different way. I'm not sure what the best way would look like. Um, and there's also a, uh, I don't know the name of the project, but it's uh, like a surfer project where you get like a wave break and then it um, changes based on, like the metadata changes based on what the swell size and like the wind and, and the weather and stuff is at, at that break at any given point in time. So to be honest, I haven't really done a lot of thinking of what that looks like, um, but the technology is really interesting. I think like you'd want to make sure it's done well because if you change things that people have bought and what they kind of bought changes is, is going to be a problem. But um, yeah, I haven't really thought too much about it, but it, it is really interesting that that's an available technology and um, you know, extremely easy to do on Solana specifically. Yeah, I can almost see a scenario where like you buy a sports card and like throughout the season, the stats of the player update, you know, automatically something along those lines could be, could be useful. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that'd be really good for gamification and uh, and kind of picking your bets and, and trying to get certain sports players and things like that that you, you think are going to do well that season. And uh, yeah, I think that could be very exciting. And I'm excited to see some people bring that kind of technology in. Yeah, and you could also have like a, you know, like a, um, like on PlayStation or Xbox, whatever you have, like your kind of player profile, like, you know, games one, trophies one, all that kind of thing. You could have that integrated on an NFT as like an NFT player card for yourself. Um, and that updates based on your like in game stats and, and all that kind of thing. So that'd be cool as well. And you could maybe track, you know, esports players and, and see that. Yeah, there's um there's a project on Solana called Moneyline. Um, he comes from a sports band background, and I think on that you you like mint a team at the start, and then you're given points throughout the season based on how your team performs. So, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure he would love to implement something like that into what he's doing. Yeah, there's um just kind of uh, finish off this this particular topic. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen this article, but it was put out by by Chainlink. George, you know, you know, I have to bring up Chainlink as a as a as a link. Brain, but <laughs> um, they wrote they wrote a really cool article around uh, dynamic NFTs. Um, specifically, if you just kind of want to look it up, just 16 ways to create dynamic NFTs using Chainlink oracles. Um, and it just kind of talks about you know going down from competition based NFTs from like game performance or having that VRF that randomized function to where um, even like lifestyle rewards or event-based rewards. So, you know, the example they use is, you know, say, um, you know, your your local professional team like won uh, a, a game that evening. Well, like throughout the city, they could basically kind of like uh, hide Easter eggs that are based off like geolocation and it would take that sports data and it may like disperse like these like random geolocation NFTs that you can go and find using AR and if you find those, it could give you, it could mint you a ticket to like meet the players or something like that. Like there's like all these really creative use cases of stuff. But um, if you guys want to check that out, I just want to plug that real quick. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm so excited for that kind of stuff. I mean, so my my background is kind of in corporate um, corporate partnership side of the kind of sports industry in Australia. So um, the there's many many ways that I think that professional sports integrates with NFTs, and I think. Um, it's been done very poorly so far for the most part. Like Top Shots was okay. Um, I know UFC is working on something, um, but as a whole, it's just been done really poorly so far. 
And I think that the more interactive, like fan interaction is something that is a big focus for the team side of things. Um, and having those kind of journeys just in and around the stadium would be um, would be wild. And if that can be integrated through NFTs, then that would be kind of another value add. But um, that kind of fan engagement and getting uh, like the most out of your existing user base and members is something that's um, a very heavy focus on sports team, especially post-COVID and how they can add value remotely as well. Um, so that kind of stuff sounds sounds super fun. Yeah, I think this is, uh, I'm just kind of like spitballing ideas here, but you know, have you guys ever gone to kind of like a professional, like baseball, football, soccer, basketball, like any, any kind of professional level event and you guys know how they do those kind of like mid quarter or like halftime kind of like giveaway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I could just see like this type of stuff, like absolutely like kind of like changing the game and in terms of that and just all the creative use cases of like rewarding uh, fans that were there in person um, using like all these like NFTs and stuff like that. I'm kind of waiting for FTX to start bringing in phantom wallet integration with the, the kind of all the arenas they own. It makes sense for the tickets to be sold as NFTs and you can hold that in your wallet. Like, that's something I'm kind of waiting for to be announced or something because that would be huge if you can start to onboard people that way. And then every person in that stadium has an NFT wallet, has a ticket. You can start to do a lot with them uh, transactions and dropping stuff to people in certain seats and allowing them to participate in them kind of uh, part-time and half-time games that you mentioned. Like, I think there's a lot of value in that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like, you know, they have those, like, NBA moments. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But, yeah, you know, exactly. Maybe, maybe you could airdrop a random NFT based off someone actually having that NFT to show that they were at that game, and it made them eligible to be airdropped, like, that moment of the game, whatever it may be. And that in of itself um, could be a rare collectible, you know, like, down the, down, down the line, five, ten years down the line, you know? Like, imagine watching, like, a game of, like, Michael Jordan back in the day and you were airdropped an NFT of like a classic moment from like his career. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Same with uh, like music events and you could be dropped certain songs that have been released by an artist if you're at a certain gig. Like these kind of use cases. I think once big business and uh, like some of the big corporates and stuff like that realize the power of it, it will make a lot of sense to, to bring this kind of technology into place because you can build up such a close and intimate relationship with the kind of people who support certain artists, musicians, sports teams, and bring a whole new collectible side to what where they're kind of like naturally wanting to do anyway. Uh, a lot of people collect gig stubs and tickets from certain concerts. You could just make that all digital for everyone. Yeah. Like this is the side of NFTs that really excite me in the future of the NFT industry, because it really is kind of, uh, a blank canvas and data is pretty agnostic, right? Like data is industry agnostic. It's like use case agnostic and we produce so much of it. And so it's really kind of like up as a developer, it's like really up to your like creativity of like dreaming up these wild use cases, taking all these different data points that are, um, you know, adjacently related and kind of combining all of them for like a very interesting, cool use case. And there's going to be absolutely no shortage of like all these amazing use cases are going to be like dreamed up over the next like five to 10 years. 
and it's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, the like art that we're seeing at the moment and the the profile pictures that is just the start, and I think a lot of people struggle to see past that and understand the kind of value that we're sitting on with this technology and and the evolutions that we're going to see here over the next five years are just going to be mind blowing considering uh, where it's come from. Yeah, it's incredible. I'm I'm super hyped and just. I just pray that like the whole community aspect of NFTs just continues to live on as uh, as we develop and become more and more sophisticated and um, as as corporations move into the space because that that the, the whole community thing is like what what gets me excited uh, about NFTs and I just love seeing everyone all the positive all the positive vibes um, really brings joy joy to my joy to me so yeah I think one um, one good thing we've got in that whole uh, that whole side of the community is when you get a lot of big businesses or marketing agencies or large corporate brands come in they're not really going to understand how this community works because it's not something that you can just chuck 20 grand at a marketing agency and expect them to come in here and have instant success there's a lot of nuance in nfts and in crypto that they just won't understand and interacting with these kind of people majority of people in crypto are quite switched on they're early adopters so communicating with them and making real connection and having them buy into what you're doing isn't something that's going to be easy so they're going to rely on a lot of people that are here now and that are obviously a big part of the community or have some clout here to do anything or realistically to gain trust in this ecosystem so i think that's one great thing we have that there are almost like some quality control barriers before they can even get in here and do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with that. <laughs> the the normal corporate environment is is not going to understand NFTs at all. <laughs> They're not going to get it. Oh man. Um near the end of these spaces we we normally like allow like guests and so forth to ask questions are you guys are you guys cool with that if you like allow some guests to come on yeah no yeah. hey guys if you have questions for Giordo or Salone just hit that request button I'll let you guys on one at a time give it a few seconds here see if we get any nibbles <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a lot of familiar faces in the crowd here. Got all the homies coming through. Let's go. What up, Johnny? Salutations, everybody. Yeah, what's up, Johnny? Hey, um, my question I'd like to ask tonight is um what are the future current plans on Genesis 2? Thank you. Um and that's it bye-bye <laughs> that's uh that's a pretty fantastic question <laughs> i think um i think as said earlier like we don't really want to um go too deep in that at the moment like the focus is um <laughs> the focus is uh very much on finishing the gen one um kind of talking with all the holders and kind of consolidating on what the future looks like so um, my answer is going to be pretty boring and diplomatic, but I think um, we have plans, but we, we can't really chat through them at this point. 
yeah, Johnny, they're they're totally gonna do like Bobo Pats. I'm, tell, I'm calling it now. <laughs> call call to you, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for letting me on. What's up, Scale? I'm I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. How are y'all doing? Y'all blessed? Blessed. Every man. day. Every day. Amazing, amazing. So it's a super simple question. I'm just curious. If uh, an artist was to, sorry, I just came back from a run. My bad. But yeah, if an artist was to create a Google honorary, what would be the, the best way to go about it? Should I just create it and send it to the official Google Twitter account? Or is there a specific way? <laughs> so um, our holders are usually really, really quite, they quite enjoy the interaction with the um, with the artists themselves and just going through that. So I think I would reach out to, I mean, I'm happy if you want to, um, start start with mine. I'd be more than I'd be really grateful. Let's do it. Um, Let's do yeah, it. You're the first one who asked <laughs> me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I love that. But yeah, oh, like oh, uh, we open your DMs. <laughs> yeah, dude, my DMs are open. <laughs> Amazing, awesome. No, but, no, they're uh, not, actually, I can't DM you. What? No. Oh, you're missing out on some alpha here, George. Man, I get so many DMs. How can you not DM me? <laughs> I have no clue. But yeah, uh, awesome, we'll, awesome. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, sort that out. I'll DM you about it. I'll, I'll let the floor for somebody else. Appreciate it. Yeah. Easy way. But yeah, as a as a collective, um, I think pretty much every holder is pretty passionate about the one-on-one space in Solana. Um, and kind of part of that is us supporting um, those artists through these derivatives and obviously the promotion that comes with that. But also um, we like to pay a lot of the derivative artists that, that do that as well. Um, so yeah, always, always open for, for that kind of stuff. Actually, I got another question. What would be better? <laughs> of course, of course, you're going to be biased because I'm going to make the honorary for you. But um, would it be something interesting to do like a, an auction and give back like the majority of the proceeds to Google DAO? Or would it be better to just give, give it you straight up? So generally, um, from like a branding point of view, we prefer the, um, the Google derivative to be kind of all owned and sold to the owner themselves. Say um, less. Just Say less. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Scale. Pleasure's mine. Thanks for letting me up. Peace, bro. What's going on, Toshi? Hi, guys. Hey, look at Toshi. Hi, guys. I just, uh, I just have one, one small question. I was wondering if, um, perhaps you guys were. Like open to doing any kind of collaborations with other projects, you know? Generally speaking, we avoid collaboration just to ensure that the kind of the level of brand that we've built up over the past few months is maintained. Um, we do get a lot of requests to do partnerships with like a lot of new projects and just to avoid any risk like we don't know how them projects are going to play out we don't know the intentions of everyone in the space so it's easier at this point just to just to turn it down and pursue the things that we believe are more valuable or uh, are kind of proven and have some history so um always happy to hear it out but generally it's um it's not something we explore all the time yeah i'd say one thing um so yeah gen generally the kind of blanket is is no on collabs we're always happy to hear them out but um we do also like to kind of um i guess collaborate with projects on the sense of if they're 
looking at um, providing you know whitelist or special access or something like that to our holders as a kind of gateway to um, provide capital or provide that initial support um, or something like that then we're definitely open to kind of collaborating in that sense where it comes to like they can kind of talk directly to our holders through um, some sort of offering but we generally like to keep the the branding collab side of things pretty 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 scarce but um, yeah so there's there's you know there's like new projects and stuff you're not really it's not really your kind of thing but what as you said like you you were looking for something new with some history is there any like classic projects that you guys might want to collaborate with <laughs> Um, I think at this point in time, um, the focus is on the, the kind of completion of auctions. I don't think so. Um, just from a kind of value add point of view, um, there's not too many things that we can kind of bring in that would um, bring value back to kind of our holders and the brand, which is usually the focus. But um, yeah, always happy to kind of chat, chat it through. I mean, if Reebok want to come through and do some kind of partnership, <laughs> then I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yeah, All right, well, thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate. I appreciate it's that. Something, yeah. um, it's something that I had the same opinions about with Monkey Dow that there were a lot of collaborations going on, and kind of August September time, every project was collaborating with every project, and it lost a lot of value just because everyone was chasing the same kind of thing, boosting followers, getting more traction. Um, it just doesn't carry as much weight. So for me personally, NFT projects, collaborating with NFT projects wasn't something that I wanted to pursue um, or something that I think George would agree with doesn't provide as much value. Whereas partnering with someone much larger like Phantom or a DeFi protocol, these things, not the ordinary partnership you're seeing, they can carry a lot more opportunity and value and ultimately put eyes on Google that aren't necessarily looking at NFTs every day. Thank you. I appreciate it. I just, uh, just want to say, I think, I think there is one project out there that you could partner with. And, um, I think, um, everyone here knows which project I'm talking about, <laughs> but I'm going to step down. <laughs> but I'll see you lot later. Thanks for coming on, Toshi. He's fair. Completely I feel like out Toshi of the is, uh, Toshi's turned into Milst, where Milst always goes on every single AMA and asks if they can make a sombrero. Uh, attribute as the leader of the bandito dao so <laughs> i think oh. she's going to adopt that with the certain project that we won't talk about hello y'all how y'all doing i just good, good. How you doing, I'm good. i just had like one quick question so like i got everything set up i got my wallet set up all that this and the third i just wanted to know like what would be good starter money to like get into crypto and nfts and stuff like that so I think with Solana, the barrier to entry is a lot, lot smaller because um, you take away the gas fees away from the equation and, um, you know, you can flip something for 20% or you can flip something for 20 bucks and it's worth your time um, and you can kind of compound those in, those gains and kind of go from there. Um, with ETH, there's a famous tweet from um, Art Chick who rebranded to Punk something um, and she said that uh, she recommends starting with 100,000 US that you're fine to lose if you want to start on ETH NFTs, which I think is um, something that I always look back at and just think that's hilarious because um, the gas prices really do price a lot of people out. Like if you want to start with 1,000 bucks, you're probably paying um, 300 gas to buy and sell it um, and you got you got one shot <laughs> and if it goes to zero, you're done. Um, but with Solana, I think um, you start with like two sol, like it's 320 bucks at the moment. 
um, stick to buying things that are like under 0.5, have a few plays, like always buy the floor instead of try and going for rares, just, just buy whatever's on the floor, um, gauge it, get the vibes from the community. You can cut it real quick if it doesn't go well um, and just try and compound gains from there. Like I, I think you can start real small. Like I've got a friend who um, I just, you know, gave something to use that as starting capital and um, he's got a few of those like Kyrie frogs or whatever it is, which bought at point one and now they're point three. So um doesn't sound like a lot, but that, that's a lot when you compound it. So I think you can start small and, and really build up. Yeah. Okay, when cool, cool. people ask me this, I normally recommend finding a good community. And one person that I trust a lot in building good community and just generally having a good vibe is, uh, is Bunjil. He's got a project called Lotus Gang. And I think it is an incredible place to go to to learn. Um, the cost of them on secondary is around one soul. But the amount of value that Bunjil I know is going to give back to that community is huge. And the people there are good people. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a starting place that I recommend for a lot of people that are looking to buy a first NFT. Just because it's fairly low price. And for me, I trust Bunjil a lot. And I trust that he's going to kind of point you in the right direction if you've got any questions for him. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you for that. Thanks for coming on, Sosa. Appreciate it. Honor to be here. Y'all have a great night. Thanks, man. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh-oh, Johnny wants to come back. Should we let him back on? <laughs> 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 All right, guys. I think I'm going to let Johnny back on, then I'll let these guys go. Oh, oh he, he bailed. He bailed on us. Oh, wait, he's back now. (laughs) All right, Johnny's the last one, guys. Cool. I I just wanted to do Johnny's first call. (laughs) I appreciate you, Chase. It is infectious. And hey, guys, honestly, you know me, like, I'm a little skittish at times because it's like you never know when it's the real damn thing, you know what I mean? And shit. You could, we could talk about that shit for days. But uh, Chase, bro, shout out to you and, and Crypto. Pew, pew, mew, mew. Yo, you guys are real ones. I see I see you now for show. You guys are on the map for me. I'm going to actually follow notifications on forever now. Shit, because, yeah, no, I, I, feel, I feel the vibes. Yo, I appreciate your guys' project. When I was just thinking about I just had Skepta on on my radio and shit in my car because I was just thinking of, like, C-Line and his stupid, you know, little looking smiley face and shit. No, but I – because I, I thought about what community means, and I kind of do look up to you guys and your, and your project here, you know, because it, it is always about the people type thing. Like I said, I was listening to Skepta and shit. Honestly, it's kind of fuck that. But I, I'll develop a taste for it perhaps. You know, I, I, I appreciate the culture – and the vibes, the energy that is being brought, you know, the openness. And, you know, I mean, it is Web3, you know, people, you know, just a, a, a phone call away, really. And um, I appreciate you guys for, uh, you know, looking out for like the the new and everybody always, everybody listening always are able to, you guys just, I don't know if whatever it takes, you know, you just at and tweet them and shit. If, you know, you need to reach them and talk to them if you got something, you know, to, share or learn or you got a question you know all right but thank you for your time again and yeah i feel good now i'm for sure at home so i right.
Thank you, bro. <laughs> Love the energy, Johnny. Keep it up, bro. We need that energy. But I uh, yeah, I appreciate that, Johnny. The thing you two was debating about letting you up here, man. <laughs> it was totally worth it. <laughs> oh man. Uh George Salone, just really, really appreciate you guys taking the hour, a little over an hour here to to talk to us. Um, you know, plug your shit, guys. Like you guys, I, I know you guys put something up at the top of the space, like you guys want to drop any news about Google? Is there any upcoming drops? Where should people follow you? Uh, pretty crazy. Like the we've got our next option on Friday, so it'll be 10 a.m. EST Friday, running for 24 hours. So it'll finish up on Saturday. Um, we always host a space like in the last half an hour of the auction, which is pretty fun. Um, so I encourage everyone to kind of just keep an eye out for that. Um, it's always it's always good vibes. It's always interesting to see kind of who shows up and. Um, what the bids go out to, I think they could get um, pretty wild based on the people I know who are bidding. Um, but yeah, like just keep an eye on the project, keep putting out positivity, and um, I would say support one-on-one artists as well on Solana is another thing I'll plug. Yeah, just echo that. Um, if you want to find out anything about the project or us or anything kind of we'd recommend, then just hit us up on Twitter. You can join the Google Discord. There's a whole open channel there for anyone to join regardless of if you have a boogle or not but yeah um, appreciate the time guys and uh, thank you for having us on yeah 100 percent. thank you guys and uh we do record these are you guys cool with us putting it up on our youtube yeah that's fine yeah of course you just gotta buy a boogle oh. this weekend <laughs> <laughs> guys i'm gonna have to take out a loan on my house that's right <laughs> get the boogle all right y'all stay based uh, cheers, bear. Appreciate it. Uh, peace. Catch you soon. Peace. Cheers.